I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Isn't that bad? No, what? I have no, it. It's I horrible. I oh saw my it. god, Marisa. Welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens. And today's guest is just an amazing, all-around great person. He thank is, you, thank you so much. <laughs> he's an emerging artist in the film industry. He's made a couple films. He works in production right now. He's like a huge film buff. We always used to talk about movies, especially <laughs> about the Oscars. Please, wherever you're listening, help me welcome Pablo de la Fuente. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. Thank you, Marisa, for welcoming me in your podcast. It's an honor. Yes. Um, I know you've interviewed all kinds of people, so I, I think I'm the least um, artistic. No, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'll do my best. For people who are interested, Pablo and I met in our sophomore year in college in a class, the video production <laughs> class. I think we we're put in a group together. And yeah, and that's just how it clicked. And then here we are, <laughs> graduated, yeah. trying to figure out life. <laughs> in the process. So where did you grow up? Well, I I grew up in Mexico, Mexico City. Well, my whole childhood, I, I studied there since kindergarten until high school. And yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a defining factor in the reason why I I like art and all, all kinds of uh, films and music because Mexico is such a vibrant country mm-hmm. that everywhere you go, you you hear music, you see people feeling relaxed, uh, very open. And also it's, it's very attached to American culture and entertainment, pop culture, mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, since, since I was a kid, um, I remember with my brother, we watched a lot of movies. Uh, he got me into my favorite film, which is The Lord of the Rings. My brother watched it every day and I sat along. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where I I think my my brain <laughs> took that um, uh-huh. took that passion. Those are like three hour uh, movies. But, yeah, but it, it was um, uh, with my friends. I remember every, sometimes every two days or something, we went to the movies after class or yeah before going before partying on Fridays yeah then I moved to to Chicago uh, to uh, to Loyola University to uh, where I met Marisa I studied business but I took a minor in in film but yeah they're the same thing I mean there we finally got to study as you know Marisa we got to mm-hmm. to do our own projects which was amazing uh we got to collaborate with uh great people like yes. yourself uh yeah and then <laughs> I remember in Chicago we kept watching movies three times a week with my friends we got the AMC stops pass so yeah no I I think but yeah it all stems from Mexico and from yeah Mm -hmm. my family in general and friends liking films Mm -hmm. I believe so besides Lord of the Rings what other movies uh, did you watch give me some of them Uh, I remember as a kid uh, I liked animation a lot I remember I I was a fan of of Disney movies I and I, I also I have had this bug in in my mind about music uh, the whole time I not I'm not a musician or anything but I love how the um, process of editing together music and and video what other film 
I, I remember seeing the Dark Knight as a kid also, and, and mm-hmm. that also impacted me. And, and now that I think it's, I think what I liked most about those two projects, the mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and the Dark Knight, is that they they captured all the world, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone you know loves those movies. And it's not like they are art house films, which, uh, for example, film geeks like us, we like art art film like more like indie, yeah, more serious more, or more yeah. abstract, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Capturing all that and grasping all that audience into into and sitting everyone down in the theaters, and that's what uh, those films made. For me, it's amazing. It's genius. Uh, horror films, I also like a lot. If you think of it, it's strange because horror. If you look at the track record of horror directors, they are always picked by big studios to do the superhero films and all the big budget uh, projects. Yeah, and, and I also wondered why, but it's, I mean, I think horror is the most difficult genre to do because why? of how you have to, because you have to like grasp the people, right? You have to build the tension. Uh-huh. And that's editing, that's directing, that's music. It's Everything very hard has to capture to work. that. All the components uh-huh, have to exactly. work for the horror film to actually. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, we kind of went off topic. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I said, I, it seems like what I'm getting is the sense of community that film can create. Good movies are ones that can capture wide audiences, not just the right, film, right, not just exactly. for the film geeks, not just for the uh-huh. like you know the mainstream but i love going to the movie theater it's like quiet it's uh-huh. dark we're all like watching the same thing yeah it's the best and everyone thing has like uh-huh. a different take on it but oh i love it and i love movie theater popcorn so yeah and do you do you think they're gonna go extinct or or yeah. not near i it's really not in hope the near not future. i don't think it i don't know yeah i mean you, that's I, a good question I yeah i i hope not but i i do think as you the experience that makes it so attractive because mm-hmm. i mean if you think about it netflix they came out in i remember they they ramped up in popularity in like 2013 something like that mm-hmm. and or even earlier 29 yeah, 2000 no, i think it was 13 but the latest and most record-breaking box offices were a year ago two years ago mm-hmm. So I think that shows that it's the experience that sells. And, uh, and I think... Because it's the best thing in the world, right? Like, it is. Uh-huh. And I feel like, especially after, like during COVID, people will just watch it at home. But I think now we have, hopefully people have more of appreciation for actually going to films. Because like, yeah, you can watch it at home, but like your iPhone screen is so small, like your TV screen yeah, is exactly. so big. <laughs> and like to go everything on a big screen and to hear uh-huh. the sound is so loud. You can feel it. It's like going to a concert. Like people are not going to stop going to concerts just because they can see uh-huh. something on exactly. Netflix. I mean, there's there's value in yeah. that, but that's just... Yeah. No, and you know, exactly. Yeah. And also, like you say, the feeling of community, hearing people laugh and cry and Mm-hmm. gasp that's uh that's really good but you know also i i don't know if it happens to you but the films you watch at home i kind of don't remember them <laughs> I, i'm like you go to the theater and you remember all oh, this one i watched in imax with with yes. my friends or with my date uh, yeah, with my family. So exactly it's, yeah it's uh the trip and the experience i think makes it memorable i don't know something crazy might happen on the way <laughs> your trip yeah, or something. Yeah, it's an experience. You like, drop your popcorn. Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. What 
films have you worked on? What have you created? Starting with Laios, Laios, which was the last one, that was the biggest project we did because we did it outside of, of Loyola. Uh, we did it, well, we used Loyola uh, alumni and, and material and all the equipment, mm -hmm. but we, we made it on our own. Like we, we said, we want to make this film. And we, I remember Diego came with me with the idea when we met in sophomore year, he told me, oh, I want to make a film about sleep paralysis. Mm. And it was horror, and we we both were were film geeks, and yeah, we kind of started writing it. We outlined what it should be about, and I think we we then came to the conclusion of making it more supernatural, like more uh, blending the the lines between if it's a dream or if it's another dimension or or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we went deeper for <laughs> the themes of psychological things such as the Oedipus complex and a lot of subtext that I think we will release it pretty soon because mm -hmm. it still has a couple of festivals to to go through but when we release it I'll show it to you guys and and you can tell me if you get it or yes, not. Yes for part two <laughs> we think, we'll go back and review it. <laughs> right we'll do a, a, a walkthrough. <laughs> yes. You know it was really cool because all the production of it was a lot of fun. Like I, I think it was also a moment where I fell in love with the process because scheduling all the interviews with the actors. Yeah, because you hire doing... real actors, not like yeah, students, exactly. not just students. Volunteer actors. We we yeah. got them to work for free. And oh we... wow! Yeah, I don't know. And we work with a kid actor, with a, a teenager, and two two adults. And we we totally underestimated what it was gonna be. Like we we were like, oh yeah, we're gonna do it, and I, that was good because it made us do it actually. Mm -hmm. But I remember we came in with it, did, did the um, the whole shot list, and we uh, we we were pretty prepared. We got the equipment. We made we scheduled uh, two days, two nights of shooting, and then yeah, we I mean we did the craft service, <laughs> all the coffee and everything for the. <laughs> For the for the crew, well, the shoot the shoot started, and then we realized that it's about putting out fires, right, all the time because <laughs> one of the actors wouldn't arrive, so we we had to wait and then shoot later, and then we realized that we we very confidently said, oh, this, these shots we can get twenty in a night, right? <laughs> but then we were on the first shot, and it was also. Well, it had already been like two hours. So we were oh like, my oh my god, this is, this is much <laughs> harder than we envisioned. So I remember after that, it, we were delayed. So after that, we like we sat down and we said, um, "Okay, let's let's plan this out before tomorrow, right? Before the second day." Mm -hmm. So yeah, the rest of the night, we we kind of worked with the cameras and set it up in the place that we wanted to, and that made us much more prepared for the second day which went really well the second day very efficient we even got time to do the the scenes that we didn't do uh, before because mm -hmm. of the the missed time it, it was a total learning process as well like we we came in <laughs> basically unarmed and had to fight with our bare hands oh my gosh <laughs> and, so you thought about this sophomore year yeah wow so sophomore year in then... sophomore year and we and always then... we always said okay uh, this year we're gonna do it this year we're gonna do it 
and you did and it then on the last semester we're like <laughs> yeah, yeah because the, the last semester we said it's now or never right then we, yeah. we are gonna do it so oh it, it happened and then the other thing was working with a kid actor was it, it's different than than with the adults right because you we we came in with the idea of yeah working with them the same like you explain the scene but with a kid you you if you explain the context of the film they will probably get bored <laughs> they will ignore you if you want uh, the kid for example to be scared we we learned and even one of the actors they they helped us because he had worked with kids before and he told us okay let, let me uh, coach this one <laughs> and and he you're like you got this too like we'll, we'll stay back you exactly. got this <laughs> yeah you and i were like yep go for it <laughs> that's funny and no and we we learned from it but he his approach was that you as a kid to remember what scares uh, him or her and you you approach it from his or her feeling so you for example if if the kid i remember he he told us he was scared of I don't know, maybe cats. I cannot remember what something, uh-huh. and it's making him remember that and and picture that coming at you. And it's it's a much more much more simplified way of approaching mm. actors, but it's harder because you cannot explain the why and the the what, right? The context you have behind to skip it. That. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun and that was also a like a master class for Diego and myself <laughs> to learn how to do it then came post-production which um a friend of Diego he helped us edit and color correct the whole the whole short but then the music I contacted one of my brother's best friend and a very good friend of mine who lives in Berlin he does scores for films in Germany and he he does the the dubbing of films of American projects. So, you know all these people. German. What? No, this, is, this one is yeah. No, but he's he's an amazing artist, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian mm-hmm. Sanchez, and he killed it with the score. He absolutely killed it. He he did a terrific job with. There's a little toy in the film, like a, a jack in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you call it. And it has a melody, like a, a little, yeah, a creepy melody to it. Mm-hmm. And he turned that melody into a, an orchestral score. Uh, <laughs> um, that uh, genius. That sounds awesome. Genius. Oh, and the, the awards, we were nominated by, I think, five festivals. And it's good because you get the Laurel uh, nominee and everything. But mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we didn't win. So next time. Next time. <laughs> next time we, we all the it. time yeah. what yeah. other what other films have you done any recent ones no no time no no time for shooting anything but with with my best friend with rodrigo who lives in germany he he also he has the he wants to direct and and also produce and he he's an, an amazing writer who mm-hmm. who has these great great ideas in in writing short films and, and scripts so i every weekend we talk about uh, scripts and how to develop them and everything and then we he shot one already and I helped him with the logistics and seeing how and what to do and um, yeah the whole process I I kind of uh, consult him he he does all the hard work (laughs) but I I, I only give my opinion this is good yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
No, but it's it's the best to to collaborate in that regard. So yeah, I guess you could say I I'm still doing in independent things, but not it's not, not the, in any, not the main thing, but not exactly not involved at a hundred percent. Isn't Rodrigo the one that you do the podcast with? Is that him? Yeah, that's Rodrigo. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. this podcast you two do <laughs> i saw it and i was like wait what I'm like what this is this is awesome and i was going back and i was like wait <laughs> you guys really interviewed really cool people so talk about is what do you call it macondo filmmaking yeah, Macondo, yes. yeah we, <laughs> talk about this <laughs> uh, well it's we always wanted to have a production company and we like we wanted to get started soon and especially in, in times of covid where we, you don't have much else to do we thought besides writing and and producing what well, like what should we do and and yeah we thought about opening um, a social media and but you know we started with social media and said like it's it's cool to post about films and everything but we want to feel more involved in it right like more closer than just yeah. posting pictures we basically said okay so we, we looked at cinematographers actors uh, producers and and then I think at first we didn't get many answers but then this director and cinematographer from the Netherlands they answered and they were doing a Netflix series and we were like wow these guys like really are taking the time to talk with us and, and they <laughs> did they, they were amazed both of them yeah they they talked about their experience in in making Aris uh, this Netflix series from the Netherlands and yeah, from that, we pivoted into interviewing a videographer that does commercials. Um, Animators? Also, oh, the stop motion. That was amazing. Yeah. I, we loved it. In, they were from Chicago. Oh, wow. Okay. They, okay. Yeah, they, they, they're an animation company from Chicago, stop motion. And they, were, they showed us all the miniatures the whole mechanism of their figurines that's so awesome and, you like reach out to <laughs> people and they're like yeah we'll do it yeah no it, it, i swear that if you do it then you reach <laughs> out to anyone you reach out to everyone even that tarantino <laughs> he, yeah. might, he might answer yeah i mean if you reach out to a hundred individuals at least i don't know even if it's five uh-huh. you will have those five Wow. And those five will become 10 in the next one. And they will become 20 in the next ones. Are there going to be any yeah. more episodes? Are you going to interview anyone else? Maybe? No, you know, no we... come on. There's only five. You got to keep uh, going. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to show this to, to Laura, to Rodrigo. But it's mainly, <laughs> mainly it started, it, it was totally my fault because when I moved here, my time disappeared. There was nothing else uh, besides work. And, mm. and yeah, it still is that way. And, and Rodrigo, he, he's also studying and he now got a, a job at Mercedes in doing their commercials, oh, wow. which is amazing. That, that and is he, amazing. he's also uh, lacking time right now. So, yeah, I mean, we'll make a, a comeback eventually. Then we'll have part <laughs> two episode. and we'll talk about yeah, the episodes. <laughs> yeah, have a lot Marisa, to catch up on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the end, it's like the magic of creating and filmmaking is that like seeing the the reaction in people and seeing yeah mm-hmm. that maybe for example maybe you don't inspire them to do a film per se or for or, or follow your career path but I don't know you 
you put a good song or a good scene in your film and you inspire them to to talk to their crush <laughs> i don't know yeah. like to, to say hello to their parents or something yeah that, that's the whole thing about art that's amazing i think art is like the the spark that can ignite whatever right it can mm -hmm. ignite it depends on the person you reach and you touch what they do with it but you you are the spark as a viewer okay we love watching films but now you're kind of learning how to make them what's your favorite part about like is it directing is it producing is it writing is it all the things is it editing like what's your yeah favorite thing now you, about you the know, process of filmmaking uh-huh you know um back in in college i what i really enjoyed was editing a lot and when we directing i also enjoyed a lot when um i did the short film with my with diego mm -hmm. but my favorite part and what i've realized uh right now in uh, working and everything is producing is a lot of fun a lot of really? fun and, you know because when when i came here the first six months were it was a lot of development so we uh, i helped the the studio uh sell like develop pitches and help with the with the selling process basically of, of projects but then getting into into producing and right now uh, in the production of uh of one of the shows that's in development and mm -hmm. i will shoot um this this summer my boss and mentor he he's the the greatest mentor i could have asked for uh jeff valdez if you guys know him he's very good at at letting you yeah basically uh putting you in situations in editing and writing and in all, all of the rooms so you get to see and work with writers with um producers i i, I haven't been in production yet like physical uh, production mm -hmm. shooting that's coming up and i'll I will do a part two. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, for example, writing, I, I did like a, being in the writer's room. You, It's really fun because it's all about uh, pitching ideas. Uh, I, I worked as an assistant, so I got to write everything that people said. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I got to basically to, to hear how the dynamic works between writers. And it's it's great because you see all the positions. You see, the showrunner is kind of the, the director who says this works, this doesn't work. It all comes together into a script in the end. In the writer's room, I remember one, one of the days, I, I was enjoying myself a lot with the writers <laughs> who are great people and it's great to be with them. And then I had to hop off and help one of the, um, one of the lawyers write a contract. Mm -hmm. I remember we were like in this whole rush. <laughs> so I, I jumped and, and saw him working and I saw him working with the same amount of passion and creativity as the writers, but in a legal document, right? Uh -huh, so, uh -huh. and it's, I, I thought this is amazing that each one person with their strengths and their passions, they, they collide in the same project that makes it all a reality. And that's, I, I fell in love with production <laughs> at that moment. And yeah, I mean, production, the, the best part, in my opinion, and why I like it so much is that you put together all the pieces and work with everyone's strengths and kind of guide them to, to reach the common goal. Because directing is similarly, but on the set, like you, you, yeah. you don't care about the logistics of the whole mm -hmm. production and 
you just you you are the talent, right? You you arrive to the set, and mm -hmm. it all has to work. You don't have to worry about anything such as the where the gaffer is staying in the hotel or yeah. if he has yeah. toilet paper. <laughs> so that you shouldn't worry about that. But in in production, and now my second story is that now that we we went scouting to to Mexico with the uh, the line producer and the unit oh. production manager and the gaffer as well. Oh, and the art director. Um, and you see all, all the logistics and all the all the pieces that have to fit together in order to make it work are amazing. And, and they, they don't seem very fun because for example, it's uh, getting housing for everyone, right? So talking to, to the hotels, but again, it's meeting people, right? And working with people because these owners of hotels or mm -hmm. restaurants, they don't know anything about film. But they are people, right? They they have passion for their own restaurants, so they sell it to you. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, we're so honored. And they tell you about all their story as well. So that's getting people to work together and getting those people to their peak of their game. Mm -hmm. That's what I have absolutely loved in, in production and so filmmaking. interesting. It's like you like... Yeah. Collaboration and bringing, like you said, all the people, like all the passionate uh -huh. people who are so good at their one job, bringing it together to make something so awesome. And what's the company called? It's called New Cadence Productions. They are about something called the, the new mainstream, mm. which is, it's the next step for, for Latinos in, in America, basically. Yes. Like they, yeah, no, and you, you're part of the new mainstream, I said, absolutely. <laughs> and I think we, we all are, because how he explains it explains it is that right now in 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 media and in hollywood and in all the entertainment industry you see the the ratios of of uh, artists latino artists and latino uh, crew members in in productions is really really low but that's the the main problem and the problem that everyone sees is how they are you have latinos are yeah, they are perceived or shown in media, mm -hmm. which is always uh, dramas or lately you, you've got uh, shows such as Superstore or mm -hmm. all more, more show centered around comedy, around more family uh, oriented topics. But usually Latinos are more segmented into crime, narcos, mm -hmm. into yeah, more, more serious topics that do make for great shows, but it's, it should be if they it should be available a lot more they like represent a lot more exactly just, yeah yeah right and now the the market is so so powerful uh the one that black latinos latinos are 18 percent of the u.s population and the um, economic aspect of of that market and to to profit out of it is also spectacular so the approach that the company is taking is to develop a sense of normalcy um, around Latinos in their productions and also use, use these shows to highlight the values of Latinos' family. Yeah, yeah all the, um, the topics and values that highlight us and don't segment us into violence or, mm -hmm. or drugs or whatever. And I find when I when I first came around it it was hard for me to grasp because I I come from Mexico where where basically yeah, we we don't mind having for example we saw Breaking Bad in Mexico which is all about uh, 
Latinos being gangsters and, and <laughs> crime lords, but but I I, I love it. I, I love the series, and I I didn't even notice it because I yeah I was from another country. I was from Mexico, and I didn't mind. But yeah, when when I started working in UK's productions, it what really became a word to me was the the profitability of it and the the profitability and also the power that Latino values have, as I told you, such as family, uh, union, creativity, uh, artistry, all of that, and the stories behind Latino culture, such as all all the Latino cultures uh, have their pre-Hispanic backstories and legends and everything. Mm -hmm. And all of that culminates and builds such a strong library of content and library of values to to share with the world. The, the mission is to to get people to feel inspired by them. Currently in development, they have the series uh, which was announced uh, uh, yesterday, I believe, the, the Garcias. Mm. Um, that's the one that's been shot in Mexico. And then there are other projects uh, on Slate being sold. I think it's such a really good opportunity for you. I got really lucky and I yeah. <laughs> I really believed in a force from above when it happened. <laughs> Yeah. And no, I, I will tell you that moving to LA was really scary. I, I didn't even measure yeah. it very well. Like, so like talk was... about that because a lot of film and entertainment is in bigger cities like LA, like New York. So exactly. I mean, you, can, you can film anywhere, but a lot of what's happening is out there. So talk about then moving to LA, like what made that decision and how has it been from when you first got there to now? Uh -huh. I will tell you to make the jump, Marisa, always, because you're, you're never gonna, I mean, you, you will have other opportunities, but maybe you'll always say in the future, what if I would have done it uh, by then, right? Mm -hmm. and, but it's, it's not a but, but maybe a warning that it was, it was kind of maybe a bit, uh, how do you say it? I rushed, I didn't rush, but I jumped too recklessly. I always wanted to, yeah, to shoot for, for LA because there, here's where the, the, yeah, the industry mainly is. And not, not, that's another thing, not anymore. It's kind of spreading out throughout mm -hmm. the world a lot. And I don't know if LA is, it, I think it's seeing its last days at, as a as their hub. Mm. Maybe it's always gonna be um, a very big industry here, but I mean, you're seeing other studios pop out in other states and in other countries. So, but that's maybe another another conversation. <laughs> but, it's expanding. But yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It, it's expanding uh, and diluting a lot. So when I was doing my senior year in Chicago, I I worked in at ABC. They they found me a contact in ABC because it's Disney, so they found a studio in LA. But they need they never I had an in interview, but they shut down the position because of COVID again. And I kept trying until I think May, where they told me a nonprofit organization that they they were just starting, like it was a a startup nonprofit. It, it's called Equal Footing, and these guys they are. Their whole mission is to to fund and empower uh, young female directors and, and producers. So the premise was uh, was really good, and I I got behind it. 
and they they told me we, we got this unpaid internship so we would like you to to join in in a couple of months and i prepared to to do the jump but nothing like i didn't found anything paid that was related to film so i i applied to business jobs as well and i got i got one business job at a security company security systems company something like that and i was like okay <laughs> i'm going to take it because i need to eat it was a full time job so i called my bosses at the nonprofit and i asked them do uh, you honestly think that it's going to work uh, if i want to go into film but right now i have to devote my all my time to to one of another industry right and they and they told me oh you you should have said that earlier we we have a, a producer looking for an assistant <laughs> and i was like oh, oh my gosh <laughs> okay like all right <laughs> yeah and i and well it was really true that it's based on context everything you uh... need to know people who know people and that's that's also one thing uh, new cadence productions is trying to change uh, they are trying to open all the production process to yeah for people to see for people to apply to so it's it's also a mission to demystify hollywood in a sense because if you think of it it's like a magic like i remember one time we were on a zoom meeting with this this great director that i i i really admire and i was like oh my god and my <laughs> boss i think out of i think he did it on purpose like we i always uh, talk to him before the meeting Uh, because I set up the meetings as an assistant, and when the when the people come in, I I I block my screen or I I mute myself, right? Mm -hmm. But I think my my boss did it on purpose that he brought him in, and I <laughs> I was like, oh my god, uh, I like I'm I'm so honored, and this is crazy. And he said, and I remember him saying, uh, well, I I eat and sleep like everyone else. <laughs> and yeah, I mean. It's work, and it's it's not as glamorous um, as people make it out to be. But people are still doing what they love. Yeah, it's, like, exactly. it's a job. It's a job. For example, another thing is that, and my boss always reminds me. He's he says there are there are surgeons operating on on people and children, and how <laughs> how come Hollywood gets all the praise, right? People remind me all of, all the time about that. Mm -hmm. That you have to be persistent, patient have a very good attitude all the time and and yeah i mean follow your your dreams well i think it's time for some rapid fire questions i i was you already answered uh favorite film lord of the rings so that's off yeah, the list yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um favorite director the well peter jackson the lord of the rings he he deserves it but i mean not to be that generic um Besides him, maybe David Fincher. I love how he he's very methodical about his camera moves and and how he handles his cinematographer. Oh no, definitely uh, second to Peter Jackson. I think Gonzalez Iñárritu or Cuarón, one yeah. of the two, one of those two Mexican directors because they they know how to do tracking shots incredibly well and that's i think the most difficult thing to do as a director mm -hmm. a, tra a really good tracking shot that goes through buildings and cars and everything that's amazing and they, they are the best ones by far 
what is a movie that makes you cry? The Lord of the Rings. (laughs) 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 No, honestly, yeah, but you know, (laughs) but also, um, oh, Inside Out from Pixar that makes me cry. Okay. I think that's that's one of the movies I remember crying in the theaters. What else? You know, I'm not a big crier in movies, but there are these special ones that do make me cry. And uh, oh, Roma, Roma from uh, Cuarón. I still have to see that. It's really bad. I know. I'll watch it. I'll actually watch it this week. I'll watch it this week. I'll yeah, do it. In Roma, honor of this episode going out, I'll watch it. I won't spoil it, but the build-up to the to the climax is so subtle and so good mm. that you don't notice you don't notice the build-up until you're there and the climax is also because it, it the film is very different moments that are very um day-to-day moments like nothing mm. there are some major moments that are pretty uh pretty strong but the rest is pretty uh mundane mundane is the word mm-hmm but they build up to the climax being the most emotional thing you can you can experience. I, I won't spoil it, but it's it's masterful. Hardest and easiest part of working in the film industry, as like what you've learned or you know what you're doing right now. Right, the easiest part is definitely when you are enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you are filled with such a drive that it makes it very easy to get going even if it's three in the morning and you haven't slept you You think of a project three in the morning yeah no we we pull all-nighters a lot of times (laughs) oh gosh it's really hectic and i think well i let me i'm gonna finish with a positive (laughs) yeah (laughs) that it yeah i mean it if you think about the project and the scope of it all and the mission it's very easy to get um along with it right like you know uh, you know what the project's mission is for us right now is working with the creator who, who's my boss mm-hmm. and he's very good at entailing a mission and entailing the the values that he wants to showcase to the world and the stories he wants to tell and why so it's very easy to wake up every morning and be like okay i'm gonna kill it today and let's make it the best thing ever and there's it's no other way to around believe it. in the vision yeah. It's easy to believe exactly. in what you're doing, yeah. Right, and there's no way around it because if you don't have that attitude, you will, like, you're not gonna have the optimal product. And that's the easy part. Like the easy part of working with people towards a single mission, it makes it, it makes the hard work that much easier. But the now the, the hardest part, <laughs> I think, Oh, for me, it was definitely the start. Like you're thrown into a pool with cold water, mm-hmm. and you like I I lived in a in a very yeah it, it was a frat house where we lived my roommate and I, and it like we couldn't sleep because of the noise. Um, oh my gosh! Also, for me, it was very stressful because I I wanted to I needed to prove myself, mm-hmm. so I needed to be the best, uh, and I still have to prove myself every day, but that was especially hard being the like not now that I know the people I work with it's very easy to know 
what they want, what they like, what they don't like and everything. But in the first stages, yeah, it was really tough to have such an amount of work and responsibility. And, and for example, knowing that you're uh, someone straight out of college also makes you feel like, oh, I don't know anything, right? <laughs> what am I going to do? But no, in the end, you you probably know us. Uh, obviously, the experience comes by miles as the most important thing. And yeah, I also, I, I did a very big mistake on the first two weeks. Oh, and no. I, that was horrible. I think the worst week of my life. It was a very dumb mistake that I, yeah, I kind of, I got caught up in, in doing everything uh, at all times very fast. It was a festival that was coming out, especially in HBO Max. And we, we were doing the campaign of social media. So we were, I was kind of working with a group of interns to edit clips to update them to social media, right? And some of the clips were in the in the screener, which hadn't released yet, like the, the screener of the special. And I was like, oh, okay, um, you guys take it, you edit it, and, and we uh, send me the clips you like the most, I will edit them and post them. But then I didn't, I had... I hadn't heard that much about NDAs and how important they are. So I sent this special and, and my boss told me, don't tell me you, you sent the special. And I was like, shit, I did. And, and I mean, he was working a million miles, miles per second. I had to resolve it by canceling the link, um, oh God. <laughs> getting it pulled from their emails and everything. And it turned out fine, but those yes. moments yeah they hit you hard like for a few weeks I was very I was like oh my god like I'm the worst, oh, <laughs> the worst person in the world <laughs> like I don't deserve to be here oh. and it can put you it can put you down and so yeah no and at the end my my boss he told me we all make mistakes every day mm-hmm. so just uh own it and yep. keep going and you fixed it so <laughs> yeah and I oh. I fixed it and I but it was a the process of a lot of months to have that PTSD almost (laughs) yeah no because all the time I was like shit what if I mess it up and I and I get fired and and yeah in the end you you build up the confidence to Mm -hmm. keep going Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean the the most important lesson was to to keep keep your head low in success and up in failure Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh that'd be so stressful I'd be so hard on myself too so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm the same way yeah um besides music who or what inspires you besides music I well I think my my family and my friends like all and even my co-workers all the personal interactions mm-hmm. and close relationships with people who yeah who put you in situations where where you feel love or you feel um raw emotions Mm -hmm. that's also really inspiring and and yeah I mean it it doesn't have to be like a a famous person that inspires you it can be but also if you look at your close circle and and see for example what what your parents uh sacrifice for you or even what what good gestures your friend do your friends do and such you can find a lot of drive and inspiration from that 
and when you're not doing all the film stuff and working what do you like to do for yourself <laughs> oh my god that's uh, <laughs> i don't i don't do anything else and that's my fault because i i should take care of myself more but i i'm very ocd in that regard that whenever this this these past months trained me to to work a lot and when i'm not doing anything i'm kind of freaking out and thinking what what's going on what what mm. should i be working on mm-hmm. but you know i like watching movies reading i've 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 read more than in college here because I, I have more time. Because, for example, when I'm not working, I, I still don't know a lot of people here, so I don't hang out with, with many. Mm-hmm. Playing video games a lot. That's also another art form that I like a lot and I found inspiration from mm-hmm. because it includes uh, filmmaking and music. Really cool graphics, so, too. Yeah, and all yeah. the visual effects and everything. That's mm-hmm. It's starting to blend in a lot. I think that's it. Oh, my God. I don't have a, I don't have a life. <laughs> no, you're, you're just busy working, and that you're, <laughs> you're you're giving no. yourself money to eat. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. And you know, always, also my parents and my boss they tell me, "All right, shut your computer off and yeah, take and a break every like... <laughs> once in a while." Well, now after this or whenever you're free, you do something for yourself. Have yeah, a nice no, I, meal, I, mean, I need outside. to learn how to cook. I should. You don't cook. Cook a good meal. I, I cook tuna and rice <laughs> and pasta pasta <laughs> with um, ground beef but the basic student <laughs> the basic oh. student <laughs> well yeah now you have to make yeah, no, I a need nice to make, meal yeah i need to have a hobby you're right no you do, you do think much. On it. <laughs> okay get back to me part two we'll check in yeah this new person <laughs> i think that's that's it that's we covered a lot and we talked oh yeah you know, exactly it was amazing I, I didn't expect it to be this this deep and refreshing because i also talked about things that don't come to mind mm-hmm. but now you, you're right introspection makes you <laughs> see everything from another angle but so thank you thank you marisa yes. this you're a really great interviewer and this <laughs> this couldn't have gone better Oh, perfect i'm glad well anyone who's listening you can follow pablo on instagram people listening to us that's true <laughs> i got forgot when i put this out yeah my instagram pablo dlfp perfect so you can check and out what i would doing. yeah i mean this i don't post anything on instagram but i would say if you want to check out any of the short films or um don't you have a website think exact no i would say the youtube channel oh yeah Wait, what's your youtube which channel? is pablo pablo dlf perfect i will link that um, in the artifacts website so we can check out your work <laughs> thank you everyone so much for listening stay tuned for another episode with a new guest peace out peace out guys